Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Troubadour podcast. Today, I have Quint Cordaire, and we are at his gallery, Cordaire Fine Art. And I want to put this up here so people go to the website. The website is simply Cordaire.com. C-O-R-D-A-I-R.com. We're going to actually, at some point in our conversation, we'll go to the website and look at one of uh, Quinn's uh, paintings mm -hmm. for the cover of his book. And it's just a painting he has. And the book is called My Kingdom. We're going to be talking about short stories, maybe screenplays, but definitely poetry. And definitely poetry, poetry and a little bit of paintings. And one of the things I hope people get out of this um, that, I, that I've gotten out of this, and, and like a lot of people who watch this know, poetry is pretty new for me in a lot of, like, I mean, I guess that's not as new. I'm 34 now, so it's like, since I was 28, it's like six years. But in the scope of me reading literature, it's actually pretty new. And it's opened up a whole nother realm of life and existence and experience and things like that. So we'll, we'll talk about, I'd like to talk about your poetry, your art, you know, why you do it, why you did all this wonderful gallery. Sure. Um, you could see some of it. We have, you know, uh, you could see another angle of some of these paintings, but this is just one teeny nook of this gallery that has lots of pieces. And this is only, I think, uh, your wife Linda was saying, one third of what you guys have that's in the gallery itself. That's true, that's true. We have about 3,000 square feet, 30 some artists that we represent. Um, uh, sculptors, painters, so it's, you know, people have to go on the website to Cordaire.com to even start to begin to get a, a sense of of, uh, of what we have. It, it all is, um, uh, almost all of it is, is, is similarly themed that you almost have to see to start to get a sense of, but we're very, we're very pro-human, pro-man, we love figurative art, we love uh, modern Western civilization, but um, Hopefully the same thing, say, the ancient Greeks would have liked for, from their day and time, but just shifted forward to it. And, and, but we also have some very classical feeling pieces as well. And yeah. a few wine country things because we're in wine country. So. Yeah, this is in Napa Valley. So it's, this it's is in Napa Valley. Wonderful place to visit just the location and the gallery itself. Absolutely. And, you know, before we got into your poetry, I was curious about mm. your origin story into art were you always an artist did you come to it a little bit later i i i backed my way into the uh to the the art um uh to try to give you the the shorter version of the story i i i, I had been around uh paint and brushes and materials my my father was a a, a sign painter and i spent many summers working in his sign shop and then he was doing auto body painting as well and and so i you know always around the smells and around paint and around the material and mm. working on billboards up on scaffolding painting things back when they still did that sort of thing by hand <laughs> and um wait how do they do it now well now it's mostly graphics that they just glue up there they print it all out oh. somewhere else and and uh, just, just throw it on. up there yeah yeah, yeah. it's or is it electronic i guess There's a lot some of, of it's electronic, electronic now too sure yeah, that's starting to be uh, the future yeah but yeah <laughs> but um Pixels. so i had been around the the paints and the materials and, and my uh, my dad had also done a little bit of of fine art painting on, on the side that i saw that could be done by a normal 
person. Yeah. <laughs> not not someone. You didn't have to be in Paris to, to, to put something on canvas and have it yeah. have Where it look from? good. Uh, Southern Illinois and Virginia and Florida. Growing up, okay. we bounced around a lot when our, when we were kids. Oh, okay. Um, so so this is when you're a kid. Your dad owned this like like yeah. Teenage he, he years, in, right? Teens. Teenage years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. During so the you, summers, doing this kind of thing. You had paint on you at some point. Oh, absolutely. Uh, um, yeah. Quite I, a bit. I, I knew how to okay. clean a brush. I knew. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you felt uh, comfortable with a. Yeah. different brushes and yeah. the idea that there was different brushes right it's like i don't even know that like, right it's obvious when you think about it but yeah. if you don't deal with paint yeah. just like that different br sure. brushes do different things and for sign lettering right. particularly it's it's it it can be relatively close to what uh you'll see painters doing this kind of work doing where it, it, if you're doing very fine uh, sign lettering with you know s with script and in in smaller block letters you know, you, you adjust the you adjust the choice of brush to the size of the job that you're the, the size of the work that that you're doing so so when you're priming a big uh, piece of plywood or something you'll use something like more like what a house painter would use and then you start to get in on the finer work and you you uh, use an increasingly smaller brush and you learn to use the edges of the brush to go around corners and things so but anyway so the materials are, are, are similar very similar um, so you started with sign painting well I, mean, like I, I had that experience I had that yeah. experience and then uh, uh, my first career choice was to be a fighter pilot in the military and and okay. uh, I went into the Marine Corps for four years and managed to get accepted to the Naval Academy. I was on, uh, uh, didn't end up attending because by then I'd already spent several years in the military and um, uh, had learned that uh, that that life wasn't going to be quite as fulfilling as I needed it to be and I probably wasn't going to be able to keep my mouth shut and out of the brig for 20 years so <laughs> did you ever spend any time in the brig no no okay. no but uh, for 20 uh, years you couldn't do it. I, I, the, it's not like um, I mean that's it's not like in the civilian world yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. you can ever say anything no, back no. to any of your superiors or yeah. ever have a thought an idea of your own um, so I, I, going I through the proper channels. Right. right. So I, I, I channels and chafed against that, and I was facing four years in, in um, the Naval Academy at that point, and that would have meant another full year uh, being a, a, a plebe, a first year, which would have been, uh, I had already spent three months in Paris Island at boot camp and already spent a year in Guantanamo Bay at that point. And uh, they pretty much haze you for a full year. And, what was uh, Guantanamo Bay at that time? Uh, Guantanamo Bay, that was before... Because it's different today. No, no, it's the same base. It's, it's a Navy base. Because okay. um, when I think uh, Guantanamo, am I thinking of something else? No, that's where they the, put the ISIS guys. Yeah, and stuff. The well, they build a, a, a prison down there, but okay. it's on the base. Um, okay, got it. Yeah, I thought it was just a prison. But it, no, 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 no. It's been, okay. it, it's, it's belonged to the sense. U.S. We've had a naval base down there since... Uh, uh, 18, I want to say 90, or sometime in the 1890s, back during the it's Spanish. It's too bad got famous for being a terrorist base. Yeah. That's yeah. unfortunate. It's, uh, it's got a lot of tradition, I imagine. Oh, it does. It's yeah. in, in a long, interesting story of its own. But I, so went after... To the, the Marines? Went to the Marines, and, and uh, uh, that was after the... 
after I decided that I, I wasn't going to do uh, the military as a career, I was, there I was in my early 20s trying to figure out a, a second, a, a, another career choice. And I went okay. back to my, back to my childhood and tried to identify what, what, what am I passionate about? What really um, moves me the most? And what, what has been the most interesting to me? And as I was growing up, I was, we were raised in a, 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 a very insular, fundamentalist, uh, uh, Protestant Christian environment, Pentecostalism, um, where uh, it's, 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 so, it's so insular that, that we weren't supposed to watch TV or go to the movies or play sports at high school. And, mm -hmm. and uh, the women all wore the knee-length dresses and didn't cut their hair and no makeup or anything like that. And it was, it was it, the ideology and the lifestyle was very much removed, intentionally removed from the rest of the world. So I think all the, your sculpture collections are starting to make a little more sense. <laughs> right. There's a lot of nudes. Yes, now, absolutely. Now it's more sensual. And absolutely. Is, and that came uh, in, this is really, it started as, you know, well, it's all come about as, as, as an answer to that. I'm, I'm, I'm very this worldly now um, on principle because I know what the other side is. It's like many of your viewers will know Ayn Rand's history growing up in communist Russia, and she was on fire for freedom coming out of there and liberty because she knew what it was like on, on the other side and uh, knew what it was like to live under a totalitarian regime. So I had a similar experience, at least culturally, within uh, fundamentalist Christianity that that said uh, uh, the, the, the human body and the in, in the mind that were were, were flawed, were worms, were you're, you're supposed to be extremely humble. Um, sensual things were always uh, at root sinful. Mm -hmm. um, you're supposed to avoid all the earthly temptations and so on as well as you can, and then and then ask repentance for what you can't. Uh, and feel guilty about it the entire time. Uh, but I, so my window to the world ended up, the one thing they forgot to tell me not to do was go to the library. Okay. And so I discovered the greater world really through, um, through reading. And- Did you read poetry? I didn't read much poetry, mostly uh, nonfiction and, and just kind of the, the, the typical fear. No, this would have been, life. no, this would have been starting when I was young, young, in, in adolescent. Um, because you were always a reader. Yes. So and then, seven, well, and that came was, from the church side too, because you would have, we'd have the Bible and you'd have children's Bible books and so on. So we, 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 we always had the, the storytelling there. Mm -hmm. Uh, there so was a lot of that. So yes, so going to the library and picking up Robert Louis Stevenson, even into Hugo by the time I was in my early to mid-teens, oh, and wow. discovering that kind of... What did you read the first? I think the Hugo. first one was, was Notre Dame. Uh, really? Yeah, and okay. it was just... Hugo's you know, a tough one just, to start with, for me anyway. Yeah, um, but you know, like Lisa Van Dam, they teach... it kids the same age that I was reading. Well, I know it's possible, but like it was, I, I didn't read it until yeah. I was yeah. 
20, uh, I think 2020, yeah. I read Les Mis, I tried Les Miserables my first time of Victor Hugo, and that was probably a mistake. Um, but yeah, so I've read a lot of his other stuff, and there's some great ones that aren't, I mean, Notre Dame de Paris is not as, I think, difficult as uh-huh. Les Mis, just because it's not as big and long and, you know, verbose. Right. And that, for me, just as a first experience into world literature, I think that book was, that was challenging to start with. Sure. Uh, because it was so different. It was radically different. And I, I, I'm like you a little bit. I'm, I'm kind of a reader. I've always oh. read, like I, did, I read a lot of sci-fi and fantasy when yeah. I was a kid. But I read some things, like I read some H.G. Wells and... And Paul, I did too. I, I would read like 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Vern, I'd, re- yeah. I'd read... Um, uh, Swiss Family Robinson, um, uh, The Last Mohican, you know, things like that. The, the things that would have appealed to a younger, yeah. you know, the adventure type things. Plus, um, uh, boys, mystery stories, uh, uh, Hardy Boys was big kind of back when, you know, kid. that kind of thing. And there was yeah. another, there was another series that I read. I read a lot of Goosebumps, read, but that was, I think, yeah, after your time. That was after my time. Yeah. We had one... I can't recall their name now, but um, uh, but but again, just to, oh, uh, uh, you know, the, all the Sherlock Holmes stuff was yeah. just and, and Arthur Conan, you know, um, uh, the Tarzan stuff. So yeah. all, all all of that, and then by then I had read, uh, I picked up Ayn Rand for the first time when I was eighteen, and um, Edgar Rice Burroughs took me a second. Yeah, sorry. yeah. Um, he did Tarzan. Yes, and Arthur Conan Doyle did uh, Sherlock. Sherlock. Yeah. Um, so these are your influences. But I had already read. Yes, and by so then I had read. When Ayn did you Rand. Get, When did you write your first poem? Ah, well, I didn't really start with poetry. I started with short stories, and okay, I mean, so literary. When, know, did, when did you create your first work of what you would call art, whatever quality it might have been? Hmm. Uh, the first short. Story would have been. Is it in my kingdom? Um, it's in lunch break. Okay. So lunch break was Why the first show this collection. One? So by the way, everybody, you can. Where can they order these books? By the way? Everything's on Amazon. So they're on Amazon. Just uh, sw- search for Quint Cordaire. Right. That's Q U E N T. Right. Cordaire C O R. C-O-R-D-A-I-R. That's how you spell it, right there. <laughs> well, I'll pop it on screen. Okay. Um, so lunch break would have been the first one, and I think that one would have been, <laughs> let's see. Oh, no, I'm sorry. A Prelude to Pleasure was the first short story uh, okay. that I so wrote. I'm and that was Amazon. So we have uh, right now, they're looking at all your Amazon. Yeah. So if you guys go to Amazon, there's a lot of work here. Right. Um, the, the one that I've spent, that I read first was Sheltered. <laughs> I remember that one. That one was interesting for sure. So the first one was I published, uh, I, I, I self-published at first as a little chapbook. It was called A Prelude to Pleasure. It was about 30 pages long. That's now in this the Lunch Break collection. Okay. Uh, but that was also... How old were you? 25 maybe? Yeah. Apparently there's a mug, hashtag Quint. Yeah, Amazon <laughs> will do that. And there's, there's a got, like got Quint and there's a whole series of oh, things. Okay. They'll so, automatically that's throw not you. on there. Well, it's, it's no. I mean, you don't get money for that no, at no, all. No, no, no. I could make my own line. But, yeah. And I may someday. But, uh, 
the Atlantean Press published that story, that very first short story that I wrote. And that yeah, was so Patricia Le Chevalier had a um, So that's a, a review. Pleasure. Right. So how, how old, I'm sorry, how old did you say you were? That's 90, 1991. Okay. So when the Atlantean Press published it, and so that would have been 27, 28 by the time she published it. Okay. Yeah. Okay, now we're getting into the art. Now you have a lot of influences already. You said Atlantean Press. So in reading your poetry, let me, are these guys your influences? Bertrand Brelli? Sure. Is he an influence, especially yeah. for A Call to Stand? Yeah. And well, then Robert Frost. Sure. So I do want to talk about your poem, um, Fire or Ice. <laughs> so um, it, that is that a one. Robert Frost like oh, yes. spin. Yes. Right. So what, can we start there, actually? Sure. Because I know that wasn't the one that we were going to start with. Sure. But the reason I wanted to is because I found it, there's a couple things I wanted to talk about for, for people now that we have a sense of who you are. Yeah. Um, one thing that, one thing we don't get in art today, in general, mm -hmm. is artists who are cognizant of what came before them, mm -hmm. right? And, and a lot of times, there's different ways of being cognizant. You could be cognizant, um, like I've been doing a lot of William Wordsworth mm -hmm. on the podcast, and like all of Lyrical Ballads, mm -hmm. uh, 1798 Lyrical Ballads. And when he was, doing something radically different. He launches with Coleridge the Romantic Movement, which is a dramatic shift from what came before in a lot of ways. But he was still a genius at the art that came before him, mm -hmm. right? And, you know, so there, there's something about knowing what came before you if you're going to shift into something new. So, you know, today what we get is just people who want to just do things new, radical, and, you know, like, just completely whatever you know stream of consciousness yeah. where nothing the, the words don't make sense right. um, or I think the only poetry that makes any kind of sense is what people call spoken word poetry mm -hmm. which have you ever heard this sure I'll talk about on the show I mean I've, actually, I've not heard of it but have you watched any of these things mm -hmm. so they can be fun but it's like it definitely doesn't have any structure there's no real meter to it it's basically like you know sort of rhythmic talking. Mm -hmm. That's the best way I can come up with a description of the one, the ones, spoken what word. they're doing ex extemporaneously or that well, they're... Well, I think they have... It's like already, it's memorized. I think some of it's either memorizing because yeah. there is a rhythm to it sometimes. Yeah. There's something they're doing, but it's definitely not purposeful verse with like iambic pentameter or mm -hmm. some kind of structure that they're going after mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. Even if they're going to play with it, they have no... Right. conception of it right um, so I, I want to talk about fire or ice because it seems like your um, call to Robert Frost fire and ice it, it um, plays off of it, it yeah. certainly so why does. Don't, which one should we read first because it, um, it okay if we read both is Robert that one Frost is that one in yes um, it's definitely in here is that one that one's in I can in find my it kingdom here. It's in my well, if you want to, because a lot of people won't be twenty-four. A lot of people won't be familiar with uh, Robert Frost, the original. Okay, so, so why, why don't, don't you, read, do you read the ice. you read the I original? I used to have this memorized. Now, I so, haven't as many, but I, I wrote it down just in case. And so you're speaking of you know just my being familiar with it. Well, that was one of my my uh, English teacher, Mr. O'Neill, who is 
Facebook friends with me still on on uh, my, so this was yeah. senior year senior year high school he was our English teacher that's actually where Lynn and I met in uh, his class and and we managed to both pay attention to the class and each other and it worked out over the long run but fire and ice would have been back in our day so did you learn it would have been one of it was <laughs> it was it was a short enough poem that it, it was something that was being used in high school uh, well, curriculum it's, it's back. besides um the the road less taken mm -hmm. the road less traveled it's probably one of the more popular the fire and ice is definitely yeah. his most popular and it has and a wide a lot of people know about it so it, yeah, it's sure something that i can reference yeah and well and i like play the changes of. you made it's interesting because you know you did fire or ice versus fire and ice which i assume was purposeful yes right and there, there's so there's so let me read fire and sure. ice real quick okay and then we could talk about okay. changes and sure you know why you were why you made those changes okay fire and ice some say the world will end in fire some say in ice from what I've tasted of desire, I hold with those who favor fire. But if it had to perish twice, I think I know enough of hate to say that for destruction, ice is also great and would suffice. Now, what do you think that means before we get into yours? Do you have, I mean, I have some thoughts if you, if I, to start if us off. I but. don't recall reading... Uh, uh, it's very what his in, intent was, um, you know, there's it, that, that, that covers that covers a, a, and I don't know if when he wrote that, if 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 they had already, if they were starting to nail down the ice ages, and if that was common, common or, or starting to become common knowledge at, at, in his day that depth of, uh, of, of earth Well, let's say history. we don't know anything about that, and we're reading this poem. Well... That, that's often how I try to approach art. But for him even to, to have the, those first two lines, for, for anyone to say that the world is going to end in ice, you would have, okay, you would have to have yeah, some yeah. sense of there's some cycling so, going on between, because it used to be, you know, before any if, knowledge if of take, ice ages. If you take the world ending as literal, so I've always yeah. taken it as... You know, some say the world will end in fire. Something about my own individual life. Right. Right. Well, by the time you get to the end of it, you, you, I think you start to, to sense that, oh, this isn't just necessarily physical, that there's... Well, I think it could be, like, that's what he does a lot yeah. in his poetry, is there tends to be a play where you could read it radically differently. Yeah. With, like, so it could be destruction of the world. We have the, the Trump, end, you know, yeah. detonating all the bombs yeah. out of hate. Right. right or um, you know if it's going to perish twice if we're going to be destroyed by someone else um, ice which is kind of not passion it's just cold logic you could think of it as as another way of destroying so it's kind of passion or, versus logic and or you know Kirk, Captain it's, Kirk versus it's Spock sure <laughs> it's um, you know I, I I I think metaphorically it can it it can cover a fairly wide range of experience in life and anyone who's anyone who has experienced a very cold or, or a, a an increasingly chilly chilly and, and chilling uh, uh, 
relationship, personal relationship with Well, that's someone. I thought about that, too. Yeah, I th sure. I'm sure a lot of people have, and I think that's, <laughs> that's what, I I think that's what like, he's up to there, because... Like your world is in the relationship like, world. Yeah. It's like, yes, you and this Because woman, otherwise, how would you... got a heart of ice. How would you... Yeah, I'm talking about you. You know I'm talking to. <laughs> you, um, but... Otherwise, otherwise, where would thing. the meaning of that? Why, why would somebody write that unless there was some personal meaning to it? Nobody's going to sit there and write a poem like that, just musing on, oh, it could be really cold someday, and that could be as bad as being really hot someday. <laughs> there's, there's usually more to it, that if yeah, for, and particularly for that era of, of poet. They're, yeah. they're not writing about a strictly physical phenomena. It's just not going to be the case. So there's, there's some... There's some underlying meaning that he's 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 referencing and suggesting there that yeah. uh, and he and he's being unspecific enough about it that he allows the reader to to go out there and search in their own experience and find the truth of what he's saying and say yeah burned to death or, or frozen out by your by your lover over you know. 10 years or something, which is worse. Um, well, and also how passion can destroy a, a relationship too, like too much, like passion only, for instance, or maybe right. irrational yeah. passion, but um, you know, the idea of... But his, let me, what's the, what's the, the phrase though in, um, let, I don't know if you about third of the, a third of the way down. Um, but if it had to from what I've, from what, but there it is right there, from, from what, what I've, I've tasted, tasted of, of desire. desire. So right there, he's yeah. already he's already throwing you into this is no, we're we're skipping in we're, we're shifting into the personal, yeah, um, and not just personal but 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 passion, personal, uh, desire, um, and desire could by the way this turns out it could be unrequited, so you know maybe he wants something that's or or has wanted it or has seen someone want it. And be frozen out by the person that they were attracted to. Yeah. Um, well, and he's saying, uh, "I hold with those who favor fire." So his view, personally, is that it's fire. And then he he contradicts that and says, "But I can also see the other side." Right. He's making the argument where, yeah, in my experience, fire or intense desire can burn. You know, end but if, the world. But if it had to perish twice, I think I know enough of yeah. hate. To say that for destruction, ice is also great. So yeah. yeah. So he's saying, uh, yeah. I mean, and it, it sounds it's, it's really nice. Poem. Is the other thing? It's a very interesting poem to think about. Like, what does hate have to do with ice? Right? Because you would think hate would have to do with fire. Well, because he says, I, if, but if it had to perish twice, I think I know enough of hate to say that for destruction, ice is also great and would suffice. And what I think of... Well, there's, the there's world, icy hate and there's fiery hate, so... Yeah, so what is icy hate? <laughs> what do you think that is? Icy hate is... is um, I, I've seen and experienced that. That's, that's, so uh, it's like it's not caring at all. That's about the person, and it's find either the, the having a way to shut someone out, yeah. or just uh, be be utterly non-caring about them from that point forward. And people, children see it with unloving parents. I think that, that's uh, a good example. Yeah, yeah. and that so to me, the ice one that is the unrequited love, more likely, right? It's that you know that's what can destroy you is not feeling it back. 
and that's even worse to some degree. Or, or right. yeah, a romantic relationship that that, yeah. that seemed to be something when it started, and then it gets colder and colder until the two people just hate each other, and that's about as terrible as it gets too. Yeah. So. so, so now we're with going that, to your poem. So I'll let you read yours. So I referenced. Let's see. I'll read the poem, and then, and then I'll I'll, I'll tell you what I was doing with it. So this one is entitled Ice or Fire. Or Fire. Or Fire. And in poetry, words are always really important. Oh, sure. Right? I sure. was trying. A lot of people don't, like, I didn't know that. Like, I wouldn't, to me, it's, you know, like, prose, there's a lot of throwaway terms sometimes. And, and you'll. But not in poetry. You'll, yeah, you'll find out with, with um, a little further into the poem why I chose that. I usually don't do the titles until the poem is finished, finished, yeah. and then choose choose something. So so anyway, Ice and Fire is in the My Kingdom collection. Um, it's short, not much longer than this. It's pretty close to the same uh, setup as that poem, but some it seems say... Seems like the same yeah, meter. Right. Some say that hell is made of fire, some say of ice. So, from what I've seen, the oceans, sire, I think I'd choose the ice or fire, or sinking to the sailor's end, in darkening depths come eye to eye, with demons vile come round to rend, a flailing feast o'er which they'll vie, one bubbled cry ascending. Okay, so can I see it? Sure. So I'll help me with looking at it. Um, okay, so we have this. Take that one. Oh, yeah, you have another one. So you have some say that hell is made of fire. So the, the main change in the first two lines is. Some say the world will end in fire. So you're talking about, instead of ending worlds, you're talking about building a type of world, hell, right? Which makes me think of uh, someone, a psychologist I've talked about a lot on this show, Jordan Peterson, who talks about building yeah. your own heavens and hells, yeah. which I've always agreed with that, you know, heaven and hell is something in this earth. It's a psychological idea that we can, you know, build our own heaven or build our own hell. Mm -hmm. You're talking about building your own hell, right? Well, it's just, it, it, it really simply references the original poem and, and bronze it a little bit. You know, when people think of end of the world or, or destruction or how it could all end, um, at this point in building. time. It's, I think not it's building completely one. different. Because you're saying ma hell is made. Well, made of fire. Versus ending. Is I think that's a big difference. No, no. Hell being made of fire is something from, you know, Christianity. Hell, hell, hell is, yeah. is fire and brimstone and oh, so on. Oh, for sure. But you see how it's different than ending, right? Well, like, that would so be the world ending. That's what I'm saying. Right. So that, that's his poem. Your poem takes... I shift it. You shift it into making, building, creating, like... How to make a pie? This is what it's made of, right? Because you also talk about ocean sire, right? right? So Which is what they so sire as an S I R E with what they breed, right? Right. Um, so really, by the time you get to the middle of mine, uh, it's it's talking more about death. Yeah. Well, you definitely so, shift. Yeah, yeah. Big time. And it's it's what it, it, the the casual way of approaching the poem would be to say, oh, this is about, um, uh, to put it in this, the, the simplest casual terms would be, what's the worst way to die? <laughs> and, okay. and so... Is that you what know, you're talking I, about, you think? I am. Interesting. Um, so, 
and, and not the worst way or, to die. But so you're I saying saw, drowning. I'll, I will tell you. I will tell you what 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 inspired this poem. I every once in a while, whether it's on Facebook, social media, what have you, uh, they'll somebody will post pictures of some deep sea creatures that, that yeah. are terrifying. Terrifying. Kraken. It just and they're real. Why not? They're <laughs> and, real, and, but and, that's and they're how nasty looking. And yeah, everything they didn't know about was the yeah. kraken. And right. so, just looking at one of those one time and thinking, you know, got, got, drowning to begin with. I think when I, I think when I posted this first on uh, my my author Facebook page, you can follow me on Facebook on my author page. Uh, I posted it at? with a photo. It's just Quint Cordaire. Um, so it's at it's author. At I Quint think. Uh, probably at author Quint Cordaire. I, I don't author recall. Quint Cordaire. But okay. Yeah, they'll find me. Um, but I either posted it with with an image of one of those real sea monsters. That's about the only thing you could call it. Or I did it just with the water, because because that called to mind what you're talking about. With you know, over the eons, the sailors have been have, have seen things like this that have washed up on the ships and. And um, drowning would certainly be one of my least favorite way to go, and particularly if there was something down there that, as you started to go that's, that started well, tearing so you, it's, tearing it's you worse, apart. Yeah, so I would say it'd be worse to be out in the middle of the ocean. Like there's, a, there's several movies, um, I can't remember what they're called right now, but like open water, mm -hmm. where someone falls overboard and they have a life vest or something and they're out in the middle of the, Atlantic or Pacific and then some starts gnawing on yeah them. and then it's yeah. just like they but you're there for a long time yeah. and it's pitch black like that to me would be the worst but what I'm um, saying here is that I from the third line from what I've seen the oceans sire so in other words what you know they're what the oceans have created this or what has been created in the oceans these hor horrific little creatures I think I'd choose the Ice or you know dying by ice or fire over, well or sinking to the sailor's end. So that's over sinking to the sailor's end in darkening and that depths. That would be drowning. Yes, yeah. in darkening depths. So darkening means you're going lower. So in darkening depths, come eye to eye with demons vile, come round to rend. So they've been attracted. They they see you coming down, and it's like okay, you're you're, you're dinner. With demons vile come round to rend a flailing feast or which they'll vie so like sharks fighting over you know your, your body before you're done you're still alive one bubbled one bubbled cry ascending so basically we've started with my oh, most so the, 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 the bubbles <laughs> the closest time. thing i've ever come to writing horror <laughs> we picked that one yeah. poem to start with well uh, i was i was mostly so i'm, I'm glad you, so one bubbled cry ascending would be yeah, you know you've heard the you know just your final cry going up in a, in a know, bubble what's yeah. coming out of your lungs so well so and you've been on ships in the marines i imagine to some degree right uh, uh and I'm, I'm, I'm just looking for i'm on your author page i was looking yeah. for the the image you were showing, but I can't find it. Yeah, I don't think that. Uh, it's probably far. I think well I far just down. used. I may have just used a f uh, ocean waves. Yeah, but a I close, didn't see that. Close one of the ocean. Anyway, waves. I was just trying to see if I yeah. could find it. Um, yeah, but it's Cordaire. It's quaint. Quint. Cord how does it say quaint? Quint. Uh, quint Cordaire fiction. So I'll pop it on um, the screen for a second so people can okay. see it. 
So at Quint Cordaire Fiction, if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube. Um, okay, yeah, but the reason I brought that one up was actually uh, not to, ex to explore your hell, <laughs> necessarily, but to um, talk about the uh, influences you've had. Mm -hmm. So Robert Frost is definitely an influence, I would say. Someone sure. you liked, you know, at least you liked enough to create a poem that, you know, so now that I, I, this just occurred to me, but maybe Robert Frost's hell is being, you know, either in a too passionate relationship that ends in fire or an ice cold one. Maybe he's writing something about his world ending and this is you in your own way. Ex and it, exploring and that. It, but it, it, it was just a momentary, well, one of the things I like to use poetry for is to, to capture something that has, um, that, that seems like it, that, that, that I can explore a little bit and I can find a way to express through poetry or through a bit of flash fiction in a way that, that otherwise I would just remain mute on. And, mm -hmm. and it, it, it's a way to convey a meaning, um, uh, to put words to it. And in and, and using poetry, you can conjure images and emotions and, and nuances of, of meaning in a very sh short, condensed, uh, effective uh, manner that you just, there's no other way to do. Um, yeah. Poetry can do something, or you can, a writer can do something with poetry that you can't do with any other uh, medium. Yeah. And, and the same thing is true of, 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 of music and of painting and of, uh, of sculpture. Um, and I have, I, I've come to, to, to poetry relatively late. I, I wrote uh, more short stories before I ever got around to even trying a bit of poetry. When did you write this uh, poem? Was this recent? Uh, that one, I, uh, it would have been the past maybe three years or so. Okay. Um, when did you start writing poetry? Well, there are some. There are a few poems in the Lunch Break collection. So that was the first one I published, and this was in the '90s. This one was published six. The collection was published six or seven years ago. But I okay. pulled from from uh, well, material I mean, going curious. back to yeah. in, into the '90s. Okay. And um, yeah, so I started experimenting with it a bit then, and having been exposed to some growing up. Um, yeah. Yeah, poetry was never a deep passion. It wasn't something that I went and read volumes of. Um, you know, I'd read some Shakespeare and, and probably struggled as much as even the normal modern educated person with, with the, the language like and yeah, the, and it's. Totally understand how it's normal. So, okay, so you, you know, I'm speaking on poetry, although that's not your, your main focus. And in my kingdom, you have um, maybe what twenty poems or so, a little more. Than I've that. come to write a lot more of it. Um, <coughs> but you, excuse but me. My, the point I was trying to make is that you have a whole bunch of flash fiction, mm -hmm. which is usually like a hundred, hundred fifty words, maybe two hundred, somewhere around there, but a page basically of fiction. Anywhere from a sentence, anywhere from yeah, a couple sentence. of lines to yeah. maybe. A Page and a half Page or so. Page and a half, something like that. Ish. And you have a screenplay in there, mm -hmm. and you have a lot of short, short fiction. One. 
And then you do have some novels. So your novels are Idolatry and uh, uh, Part 1 and 2. Right. right. Idolatry, Part 1 and 2. Um, the, let's see, that's an Eden. There's Genesis. Covers. Right there. Here's Genesis. Yeah. This is the original cover on Genesis. Um, idolatry, in reality, is one big novel that I've separated out into five parts. It's like a huge five-act play. Um, oh, part one months, being, so. yeah, part one Are being the, uh, no, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm still publishing, uh, working on number three right now. Okay. okay. So Genesis is, um, uh, would, would be more like the equivalent of an overture to a, to a, an opera or a play or, or a symphony rather. Um, and this dates, the, the, this is, would count as historical fiction because it goes all the way back to, uh. Yeah, about 425, uh, late 300s AD. Um, hmm. But the very last of the uh, Eastern Roman Empire, as 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 Greco-Roman culture was starting to to be devoured by Christianity, okay. and and what was left of of Greek culture and the, the 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 pagan more the more of the pagan approach to life the more of the this worldly um the you see stuff. plato pointing up and aristotle pointing down that yeah. was, was about all that was left of of, of pointing down and there was still some <laughs> sculpture by down though mm. they don't mean hell no by they down, mean earth they mean earth earth facts so, concretes you know, part one genesis uh part two Thicker, a so new Eden, like and this a, this a moves movie? into the contemporary part of the story, the but, modern but would day you say part that of this the story. Is a novel in the sense of, because um, the way you talk about where it's like an overture, does it have like does each one have its own plot and, and, and climax, or is it the first a little part more flowing? The than that? the first part uh, does, and it 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 comes to a minor key conclusion uh something that will have to be resolved by the very end of the the saga so can you tell us what it's about bro briefly the genesis um is about an old sculptor who has come up under the old the classic atelier kind of process where he's started out as a boy as an apprentice in a sculptor shop Okay. And he grew up in Greece and then in Italy, and he was part of the long tradition that had stretched all the way back to 400, 500 BC, mm -hmm. where they were very much creating work like what we see around us here in, in the gallery. Like this one over here? Yes. And... And they can't see like you do have some like javelin thrower and yeah some Olympic boxer uh, the Olympian type pieces and yeah so they um, can see these guys back here sure and other ones that they can't see right um, and a lot of other ones I guess and <laughs> what the Greeks were doing with sculpture what they were doing with their art captured their 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 cultural approach to to life on Earth, it was very uh, 
anthropocentric. It was very, it was, it was, it was very human. Even their gods, as the sculptors were creating them, became more and more and more human-like, and in their and in their stories as well. It was yeah. it was much more the gods reflected what what man was than being something you know quite well, so the, far distinct. The Parthenon was invented or built in such a way where it. Uh, conforms to the way humans see the world, right. and I think the the term "man is the measure of all things" right. is some, like representative of a lot of the ancient Greek art, especially where it was man is truly the measure that they do everything, their architecture and their sculptures that they were interested in, um, you know, breaking them. Because I studied this a little bit myself mm -hmm. in, in college, like the, you could see the. Uh, the types of statues they had, which were Egyptian at first, mm -hmm. where it was one foot in front of the other, right. very stayed, nobody right. moved. And the Greeks, because they're so uh, interested in humanity and, and humans, wanted to break man free and to put him in movement. Yes. And to, you know, encapsulate movement. So and become more so and more natural kind of, in his, yes. And yeah, in, in the fact, way that he really yeah. is, because they loved. Right. Well, I think you, you know, would really loved. enjoy Genesis if you, yeah. if, because I had to study in awful lot of art history to, oh, to bring this entire project and part of it is this this sculptor uh, who has his own apprentice at this point a young boy that he's adopted a little urchin orphan boy that's wandered into his shop and he takes to and mm. can't find the kids parents and so uh, he's right there and this young man turns out to be a uh, <clears throat> fantastic artist in his own right and they're two of the last that are left because the uh, uh, the church at that point is starting to clamp down on 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 figurative sculpture, anything that could be associated with paganism. Mm -hmm. uh, they're starting to, to to break, to smash, to outlaw. Uh, yeah, have you noticed that? Have you heard that a lot of people? Historians today are starting to say they don't like the term the Dark Ages. Sure. Have you heard of that? Yeah. Which I think is so crazy. Yeah. It's like such an erasure of history because it's right. it's like when you see what you're talking about where when you you know you have an explosion of art being built and it's just so much art that we can't even fathom the amount of art that was being created in pottery and yeah. they had their own form of painting, a lot of sculptures. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it starts to fade and the only thing you get are cathedrals, which can be quite imposing and impressive in its own right, with some gargoyles and that you know, that's it. And they're pretty rare even it's over the course of a thousand years. Yeah. And, and, after, and it's like, what do you mean there are no dark ages? My, my favorite example is uh, when I was doing the history of theater, because mm -hmm. I, I studied film and theater in college. And we, you know, started with the ancient Greeks and went to Romans, and then it was like there was one play for a thousand years, yeah. and then we got into the Renaissance. Right. And it's like, how do you not know that there's like, you know, look at the great books of the Western world. It's like a whole bunch of stuff, a thousand years of nothing, yeah. and then a whole, another whole bunch of stuff. Like, yeah. the Dark Ages is real. Anyway, it's just a no, it's true. pet peeve of mine. Um, but yeah, so oh. so this this story takes place when. They're starting to tear it's down. Right, this yes, it's right and, and towards right the, 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 the sunset of, of what's left of Greco-Roman culture. And, and yeah. what was the better part of the Roman culture as far as uh, uh, the, the science and the, and the arts, most of that came from the Greeks, or at least was, was, was grounded in that. Yeah, yeah. Not the politics so much. But 
Yeah. Um, but I, even in this short first part of uh, idolatry, uh, uh, I have the sculptor and his uh, romantic interest um, touring the tombs in the Valley of the Kings going down to, uh, uh, it, at one point he's, uh, he is in Alexandria and mm -hmm. they go uh, uh, up the Nile, up to uh, where even at that time, the Valley of the Kings was already a tourist attraction back in the Romans days, because that was already 800 years old. But they go back and they're looking, they go down into one of the tombs and they're looking at the art and they're talking about it. And, and, and they're seeing the progression of, and he knows the progression of what happened from Egypt's time up into what the Greeks did with it. And then as the Romans start to copy that, but it starts to tail off, the the originality the uh, it becomes more symbolic and by the time the uh, the Christians get a hold of it and this is something that Diane Durante the uh, art historian that I think you we know, talked about it last time uh, she with, uh, 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 learned quite a bit from her as far as you, you could almost identify some of the artworks uh, there still exist in some of the archways uh, that are out there where you can see what was left of the, the Greek and Roman approach start to shift back to something that that was more closely resembled what the, the Egyptians were doing, where where the figures started to be less individualistic and become more symbolic. It becomes mm. the the figures start to become more about what your place is in society. You're you're, you're like a chess piece, and so you lose yeah. let you lose the individuality, and they're just pop, 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 pop in a row well, the, behind the, the, you know, whoever, the, the religious guy or the king or what have you. Well, the, the main, that one theater piece that we studied in history of uh, theater is called Everyman. Mm -hmm. And it's just a story of an everyman person that just goes through and is very religious. Yeah. And that, that's it. So it's the same kind of thing where it's like, and that's like dead center in the middle right. of, it's like the only thing that comes out of, yeah. you know, the dark ages basically. So that's, yeah, it's interesting. So okay. I get us up to that point in the, in, in uh, part one in Genesis, and then part two, uh, uh, we shift right up into the present day, mm -hmm. and and there's uh, there are more parts Wait, to so come part where one we go is back 300 to 300 AD, and part two is about closer closer to 400 AD, uh, and then we're up into to the present day in part two, so and are, there are, are there are pieces and parts from from part one that survive without giving away too much. And, but it's, it's there for a reason and it all ties together at the end. So if someone started with part two, would it make sense? Um, it would make sense, but, but you want to start at part one. Okay. Because there's, there are things that I reference uh, that, that you'll want later on in the, in the story. Interesting. So it yeah. spans, but the characters are no longer there from part one. Uh, so not in part two, yeah. Yeah, so it's yeah. completely new characters. Completely new characters. You have, so it's, it, you call it an overture. Yeah. It's to set up all the themes is what an the overture generally does. Correct. So, 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 so themes and, and ideas and, and some history are presented in one that you need through the rest of, very much need through the rest of the story. Because not only are we, do we have a, a contemporary present-day um, uh, generation that we're working with, 
but they are trying to solve a mystery that that happened in the 19th century which mm -hmm. was another high point in western civilization mm -hmm. in the late 1800s where you started to see more of this kind of of work happening in uh, Europe and in the US oh, yeah. and some of the greatest sculpture that we have today uh, was created in the in the 19th century sculpture music painting um, you know the, the the Renaissance and the Enlightenment really peaked culturally in the late 1800s and then by about you know 1920s it was collapsing for for very identifiable reasons. So my contemporary generation is trying to uh, uh, discover and learn and resurrect something from uh, from the 19th century, which was trying to, to bring something forward from all the way back in the Greco-Roman times. Mm. And, um, and not, uh, not not coincidentally, um, it, it 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 parallels my path between what I grew up with and and uh, what I've created here today. So it uh, yeah. So let's let's um, read a call to stand. Okay. So and this is very different. This is not horrific. This is not how yeah. <laughs> you die in a in an ocean. So. Yeah, I there's think not it's, much of that. It's the in one the book, under so. lunch break, right? Yeah, that it's right. turned the other way. Sure. And I have this one marked. Yeah. What, what I'd like there's sure. a couple. So go ahead, and if you want to get it out while I'm talking, like um, I don't want to set it up too much. It's a short little poem. Um, Can I say where it was recently published, or you want to save that? Yeah. Why don't you pull okay. that out? Yeah. So, yeah. so this poem, uh, in addition to being published well, if you want in to this end, collection, okay. I'll, I'll show so, it to him. Okay. Yeah. So that. Uh, the objective standard is a, uh, a review of journal um, my fat fingers out pu published uh, has been published for a while and uh, uh, they did a it's the piece most recent called, edition right, recent the most edition. the fall edition this year 2019 and they uh, did a, a piece called I think it's seven, seven so it's in seven great poems on the glory of man. Seven great poems on the glory of man, yeah. and they chose so this kind of poem of out. mine, um, in addition to poems by Burton Braley, Sophocles, uh, Alexander Pope, and and uh, a couple of others that yeah. some people may not have heard of. But, uh, so not bad poet, not uh, bad poets to be in the. Canon with. Yeah, I, I was very, Sophocles. very honored to be on the same page oh, as Sophocles. <laughs> That's a wonderful poem of his. That is a great it's, one. Many wonders in yeah. the world, none more wonderful than man. The Thinker. So there's your Burton Braley, mm -hmm. which I know. Um, do you? How, how much do you like Burton Braley? I like him. He's, okay. and I, I think even he, like he described. He's, he was very. He very much represented what I like about the late 19th century. Interesting. Um, he's very uh, optimistic. He's very he he his poetry um, celebrated really what what built this country and the, yeah. the 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 people who built this country and how they did it. And he's um, uh, he, he's he was proud of what we were doing, what we were creating, digging canals, building buildings. Um, he was, he, he... You can't really get his poetry very easily anymore. 
I know oh, there's no. virtues in verse, but I can't even find it. So right. that's a book with um, from Atlantean Press, virtues in verse, but I you can't even find it that much anymore. Right? Um, it's it's it should be available. Um, I, I just looked at it and I have a copy. Yeah. Um, but I bought it a while ago when I was looking yeah. on Amazon. Virtues in verse, I, it only allowed one copy. It was like $129. Oh, my. Yeah. I mean, I, I well, bet someone it, just... It may be out of print right now, but... I think it's out of print. Hmm. So it looks like we have a job to do. You and I... Oh, yeah. oh here's one. No, I, saw, no we, I found some. Never mind. I take that okay. back. So we have some for 25 bucks. Yeah, that's... Um, I'll put it up here. So this is Virtues in verse... Um, which is a, a wonderful collection. Um, Who's I also even, in this collection yes. of the objective standard. Um, I think, to, to answer your question, uh, I, th I think even Mr. Braley, if I'm recalling correctly, described what he did as, I can't remember the term he used, but it was something about, I'm a, I'm a, uh, I, I, I just write, I just write verse or something like that. I'm not really a poet. I just I write all this. So he didn't consider himself a great well, that's poet what I was as far say, as lyrical yeah, poetry. Interesting. But he, you know, he had your basic meter and rhyme, and he was yes, um, he did um, just rolling with that pretty much to, to yeah. put what he what he wanted to say out there, and use that real basic form to uh, uh, to communicate uh, some some wonderful optimistic pro-human, pro-man, uh, uh, yes. pro-Western civilization, science, uh, knowledge, all the things that we're trying to hang on to. Uh, he, he very much promoted and celebrated that and wrote some wonderful things. But as far as being a master of, oh, metaphor and subtlety and, and you know, doing things like the, the, the fire and ice poem, that, that wasn't, really his, wasn't really his style. So... Um, uh, but he did do some some wonderful work. Shall I read this? Yes, let's go. Let's go ahead and read okay, right. a call to stand. A call to stand. One man at war with man's deprecation. Is this it? Yeah. The ones you no, I just want okay. to read with you. All right. So I don't have it with all right. me. One man at war with man's deprecation calls out to all men to seek no salvation, to pick themselves up from self-immolation, to turn from the gods of their own creation to stand up and face the day, to reclaim their birthright, to say, I am that I am, before nothing I kneel. I mastered the fire, invented the wheel. I cast the bells true and set them to peel. I am man, for whom all else is clay. I am man, I make my own way. Okay, and that's it. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm actually popping that on screen so people can see. Um, I found a copy. Is that okay? Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. One man at war with man's deprecation. Yep. Okay. So let's. Um, why don't we end by talking about this a little bit? Okay. And breaking it down. And I think um, personally, I, I, if possible, I try to make it um, relevant to current mm -hmm. things going on in people's lives mm -hmm. or experiences that they might have. Um, so, what struck me about this one? How about this? Let me try my own. You know, I, I do a lot of poetry discussion analysis on the show. Let me do it and okay. see with you here. Um, and, and, you know, you can say no or, you know, whatever. But do you want me to wait until you're finished or, no, no, like, or jump uh, in? I like having discussion about okay. it. So let me, you know, jump in however you want. 
the thing that came to my mind, so it's called, it's called a call to stand. Mm -hmm. And so it's, you know, it's like almost call sheet is what I think of calling people to stand up versus something else. But we have uh, the first line, one man at war with man's deprecation. And um, so when I thought, thought about that, it's like, so you have this, the, the idea of the story that this is telling of some sort. Deprecation is, um, like when I looked it up, something like there's stock going down. Right, the stock going down, the depreciation, um, you know, I think it's some it's kind a, of negative effect on, the, on a person, on, on a man. It's an intentional repression and putting okay, down. Okay, repression, and, yeah. yeah. And then, um, so one man at war with, what's that? Suppression, but go ahead. Suppression. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, suppression, not repression, yeah. yeah. One man at war with man's deprecation calls out to all men to seek, in, uh, to seek no salvation. Mm -hmm. So you got this guy, he's against this stock falling for man. That's how I'm thinking about it. And he's calling out to men to seek no salvation. So seek no salvation, um, that one was interesting to me because I guess I assume it's something about religion. Seek no type of religion out salvation. Um, but, you know, so it's, it's like, it sounds like a, doesn't necessarily mean no salvation at all, because salvation can be good if it's not religious, right? Well, if you need salvation, but yeah, that okay, good point. So but, he doesn't need this type of man that you're trying to call to doesn't need that to pick themselves up from self-immolation. Um, and by the way, I, this has a very clean meter. Mm -hmm. Did you? So you do have knowledge of oh, sure. rhyme schemes. Oh sure. I, I think I wrote it down. This is like a uh, the me like the rhyme scheme was like I'd never seen anything one this is, like this. This is a this is a very unusual rhyme scheme. In fact, it's, yes. it's almost a little bit closer to some of that uh, stand-up work that you talk about. That's uh, well, uh, but it's like it's it has it, so it's it would be like a quadruple A B triple C D mm -hmm. A A A A. So you have deprecation, salvation, immolation, creation. Mm -hmm. They say kneel, wheel, peel, clay, way. Mm -hmm. So, it's, I mean, it's just an interesting... I haven't seen one quite like that, I yeah. guess. Where there's four... Well, it's, a, it's a way to... In in sometime we could, could get it's into that as to how, to how rhyme works with, with uh, uh, connecting ideas and, and clarifying... Not just clarifying, but emphasizing... So yeah. every time you hit that rhyme, it 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 emphasizes that uh, series of ideas that you're tying and referencing. And, and boy, by the time you get to the the fourth one, uh, you almost need a break. <laughs> <laughs> so well, it's very short. Yeah. So yeah. it doesn't it doesn't harm as much as like if this was a an epic poem yeah. done like this. Right. That would be very intense but yeah because these these first four lines one man at war with men's deprecation call out to all men to seek no salvation to pick themselves up from self-immolation so you know he's at war with this you know everyone's attacking man mm -hmm. and, and his stock is going down and he's saying stand up for yourself kind of thing right pick themselves up to turn from the gods of their own creation and so those are the four first rhymes mm -hmm. and that's and then it shifts a little bit to stand up and face the day and then you go into reclaim their birthright to say and then that la those last six lines i think is 
the um, that's the actual call to some degree. Is mm -hmm. that correct? The like the the what's the word I'm looking for? Like he's like a pay on like a um, a preachy not a not a preachy but like a the theme of, like a theme of a sermon or a yeah I can't remember. there's a term I'm trying to think like a, a I guess a paean is like an anthem. Uh -huh. a, sure. You know, like this. This is the actual. Sure. The, these last six lines. Yes. Uh, you know, say this. Yes. Right. So if you're going to stand up and say something in yeah. the mirror, yeah. You know, don't say you are great, like right. the self-help right. cheesy stuff. Right. Say I am that I am before nothing I kneel. So this is like you know I don't kneel before anything. It's pretty straightforward. Uh, I mastered the fire, invented the wheel. I cast the bells true, which I. I I take to be like the, the songs of my past, like or of man's past, the art that he's created. Like bells are, for me, are, are, are sounds. It's that in, it's resonate with celebration. It's it's uh, you know I'm doing a lot with with religion he here. Yeah. Well, it's because and and that Which that also but it also speaks to. Um, where I've already brought up the the fact uh, to turn from the gods of their own creation so I've already introduced the the idea that 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 this that this I this mis the mystical ideologies that put man down and put some other higher existence up here, uh, compared to which, or measured against, man is, it has to be, if you accept that ideology, has to be something imperfect, unperfected, flawed, uh, less, and this goes all the way back to Plato and before Plato. Mm -hmm. um, but almost everything that's come after Plato, except for the little bits of Aristotle and Aquinas and, and Rand we have now, uh, uh, takes man apart and puts him, puts him down. And, 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 and in Christianity, it's very explicit. You're, 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 something, you're something that needs uh, forgiveness you are your nature I think it's is easiest flawed to, to see in you have islam which is yes. kowtowing yes. the term and if you look at them pray yes. and the same thing it's with all the way down it's all the way down it's on your knees it's all the yes. way down which is i am nothing which is know, interesting i had used that one that image that i used that you popped up on the screen those are the sides of church pews so yeah yeah it, so like in christianity you're on your knees yes putting both hands and asking for forgiveness. And even through your dark ages, whether, and so whether it's- Do you know how the Greeks prayed, the ancient Greeks? Uh, and, so I was taking a course on this. So all really the way, all the way down? Ancient Greeks. So this is your Greeks, the Greeks were, were alive. How they prayed. Yeah, in their pagan temples. Probably just standing up. Yeah, they yeah. stood up. Yeah. Because they, they thought that gods, right, that the, the gods that were their heroes that they represented- Were more equals. Uh, well, not just not no not equals because I think there's a, a tier of greatness, mm -hmm. right? So you have heroes, yeah. which are like Achilles right. and right. and and, he, and, and not, well, not well, kind of Hector, but Achilles and Odysseus, 
and men like that, uh, Theseus and all these heroes, who were men who did great deeds and were immortalized. But then those men could be transcended into like half gods like Hercules. Yeah. And then even there you have like the, the maker gods. But they don't have creation myths the way that right. a lot of right. cultures have. To them, it was the existence just existed. And then, but there are these great beings that are on that mountain over there, <laughs> like there. Um, but the point is that they they believe that this is who I am, mm -hmm. and I'm proud of who I am, and right. I don't want to lie or you know uh, kind of. But wasn't that even was. that even came up with uh, uh, Alexander the Great when he went after he had conquered a lot of Persia and he took over uh, as his new. Uh, his new title, uh, uh, I don't recall exactly what it was, but of uh, the, the Persian title, and their custom over th on there was to kneel, and his, his Greek um, uh, soldiers and, and retinue, they, he was wanting them to do the same thing as these guys did, and it became a real issue. Yeah. They would not kneel before, even yeah. before their, yeah. their emperor, it, and it, it became a huge, huge problem. Yeah, I don't know that's, but it doesn't surprise me. It's the, yeah. the kind of thing that's, um, you know, there's that movie today that represents that 300 mm -hmm. where you have Sparta versus the Persians. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, there's that line, which is in, I believe, Herodotus, like the idea of the, the Persians want you all to be slaves and to kneel, mm -hmm. whereas the Greeks want you to stand up stand. and, and right. you know, be who you are. And yeah. there's, these are actually lines that they got, a lot of the lines in 300 are from Herodotus. Um, and maybe, well, I think, yeah, I think mostly Herodotus because he wrote about the Persian War uh, with the, the ancient Greeks. But, but yeah, so that idea of standing up for yourself, or standing up as yourself, not standing up for yourself like a bully necessarily, although no. you might do that, but, no. but the idea of just being proud of what you are, who you are, and, and, and being and, a human. And, and part of, and, and I'm explicitly saying here that, that any and all of the gods are man's creation. And, yes. I, and I'm, and I'm saying it ag almost again when I say I cast the bells true and set them to peal. Well, at least in in the West, most of our our bells, at least through the the dark and the Middle Ages, were in churches and cathedrals, and that yeah. was all part of. So the ringing of the bells has always been something associated with. And going back to Notre Dame and, and much further back from that was was part of the call to, uh, to the the services and and to send out various messages and things but but I'm reference referencing even there we're the ones who made the bells and we're the ones who mm -hmm. who created them in such a way that they rang that they rang true so this any any of the good uh, that was sought in in religion or s celebrated in religion that all came from man we created mm -hmm. we created all of that so that that even that music of the bells at, lately i've been uh uh listening to uh tchaikovsky um uh choral liturg liturgy mm -hmm. which is just you know pure choral music no instrumentation whatsoever and l listening to some of his and Rachmaninoff's, his mm. Rachmaninoff's Vespers, it is gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, 
I can't understand the words. A little bit here and there. You get your Maria that, you know, or you catch hallelujahs or, or an amen yeah, at the end religious. of things. But it's enough that it's, you know, it's either, it's the Russian, so I, I understand very little of it. Yeah, yeah. So it's not even like, it's not even a, the, more of the Latin language where I would pick up more of the religious references or names or such. So anyway, but it's just, it's it, it it's some of the most uh, sublime, exquisite music that I've ever heard in my life, and it's and, and but that goes back to my childhood too. A lot of our, our 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 music was very beautiful and very moving, and I love Silent Night to this day, and and um, you know a lot of the the Christmas type tunes, and I have to abstract away the things that I disagree with. But all that being said. That's what I'm saying in this is that, um, you know, that we even created the bells and we're the ones that set them to peel. And, and at the end, I really summarized that uh, and, and, and abstracted out at the same time where I say, I am man for whom all else is clay. So this is going back to the creation myth of uh, Judeo-Christianity saying that God made man mm -hmm. out of clay. And I'm saying, no, we're the ones yeah. that's making everything out of, when, when you think, it, clay is a good kind of a metaphor because that's kind of, uh, can represent the whole earth and existence. It's, it's the stuff. Mm -hmm. So the clay is the stuff. And for man, everything around us, the, the, the rocks, the water, the elements, the, the stuff we can mine out of the earth, the oil that we pull up, um, uh, things will get off of asteroids and whatever the trees the plants it's all it's all material mm -hmm. and and the very last sentence I am man I make my own way yeah. and that but that's what we've done it's just it's just we don't give ourselves credit for it and that's and we don't take pride in it and uh, whether individually or as a species and particularly over the 20th century that's been attacked, 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 whether from a subjectivist um, on the one side or intrinsicist, more on the religious side. Um, uh, man has just been chiseled away mm -hmm. as far as being something that anybody can, can uh, take pride in the individual man and, and, and what he is. So. Yeah. No, so so, so you're calling are. people to stand for man particular, the, the man For themselves, man. yes, man qua them. man, and realize, because I've, and this is something that's coming through in the idolatry story that I'm, I'm, I'm writing as well, and will be developed much more deeply and broadly and, and uh, uh, shown whether the environmentalists are attacking him or the Christians are, are, are attacking him, but, but the individual man or woman can't really have a completely healthy self-esteem and pride if they think that by nature what they are as a homo sapiens is somehow flawed or inadequate or if you're if you accept any of those basic metaphysical premises about what we are in relationship to the rest of uh, existence um, I think metaphysical value premises uh, I think was the term that Rand used but um, you know even 
deeper than than morality, but but just the nature of man. Mm. N not 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 just malevolent universe premise. Well, not that plays into it. That's that's. Uh, that's directly artist, attached to it. definition of art is metaphysical. No, not not, a, not as art, but I'm talking about what we, what we, how we view ourselves as, as a species. And when I say the species, I'm not talking about the whole group. I'm talking about our, our essential nature. Our essential nature yeah. as what we are as human beings, yeah. and how that relates to. The universe around us, to existence, to and to each other, because the individuality comes into play. I mean, are we just a cog in this great big humanity thing? Does 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 is each individual human just a cell in this big? You know, the socialists will, you know, want want men to be to to be subservient to the collective. Mm -hmm. um, so. That's the kind of question that, that, that people need to, to look at and uh, I think reject that idea that uh, the individuals should be subservient to anything or anyone. Uh, and that doesn't mean um, some false uh, uh, kind of Trumpian sort of, you know, dog eat dog, well, I have to prove myself <laughs> superior to everyone else. It's just equal to everyone else in terms of your rights and your independence and, and, and pride in what you do and who you are. Mm -hmm. And so that's why people should read poetry. And your poetry. My poetry. Yeah, and my poetry. fiction and short stories. But, but it's why art is important. Um, I think I was talking to Dr. Peacock about this the other day in his house. He has beautiful art. Uh, but there's and Ayn Rand talks about it, absolutely talks about it in the Romantic Manifesto, and um, I think it's in the introduction, or maybe it's in the epilogue or conclusion, where, where she says if there was one phrase that might be used for the meaning of the totality of her work, it would be, to the glory of man. Mm -hmm. And if someone asked her, well, what does she mean by the glory of man? Uh, she would Same have. Something that Christians mean when they say she would have, of God, kind of. Right? Well, that's what a lot of people would think of because the they they of, glorify something I mean, the other than man. Of man. Yes. In the same way that you re you're supposed to reverence God. But even but even the term glory, I mean, there's nothing in the universe that that is more glorious than man. We're the ones that we. We fall in love with others of our species. We don't go marry, marrying a, a, as wonderful as dogs and horses are. They, they, you, know, you know, that's not what we, that's not our, our highest reverence. That's not, they don't, there's nothing in the universe that can do what we do, can do what we've done. Yeah. Uh, I'm sitting here looking at, you know, glor wonderful paintings of. You can't quite see those. No, yeah. I'm sorry. But, um, uh, you know, telescopes and space travel and yeah. supersonic travel and... And we need and, reminders of that through art. And, and the music that I was just talking about, Tchaikovsky and the uh, Rachmaninoff pieces. And, but, but the art is something that um, can convey... The, the way that a, a human being is 
painted or portrayed or sculpted um, that sense of reverence for the for the human is something that you can talk about all day long but until you recreate it or enjoy it in art um, that the totality and depth of that meaning just isn't there mm -hmm. but it's um, well, uh, Miss Rand talks about it in, in the Romantic Manifesto uh, that uh, romance um, uh, romantic love and art are really the two places where you see it and experience it and I think hero worship to some degree too to, to some whether it's a, a, a an athlete you love or a, or a, or a, or a teacher or a entrepreneur or you know someone like Steve Jobs who's created these incredible things you can look up to somebody like that and say what better in the universe what's more glorious than a human being can be and 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 some of the things that uh, we do and create and anybody who puts an idea of glory in to some non-existent thing like a god or 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 uh, or or Gaia, the Earth, you know, the, the, somehow that's glorious without man on it, which is the Greens' approach that somehow mm -hmm. nature minus man is glorious. Um, is just that's just a made up by man, the very ones that you're deprecating, and um, it's false. It's just not. It's not true. Mm -hmm. So, so to the glory of man, I, I hope man. hope hoping to carry on. Uh, in, in some fashion, to some degree, what what Ayn Rand was trying to do too, and did brilliantly. All right, cool. All right. Um, any last things on buying the book, or why people should check you out some more? Oh, um, yes. I, w I I really wish we hadn't started on that one poem because that's I, I r rarely go uh, uh, negative or in anywhere towards the the horror genre just because we get enough of that in day to day existence. Uh, but there was something fun to do there in referencing to the fire and ice that I yeah. So I that, that's the, most of them are like a call to stand. There's another poem, My Kingdom, which. My, Talks about that. my kingdom, yeah. and there's uh, what kind called, of kingdom you want to live in. At, that's at last, about. that's very, very yeah. pro-immigrant, um, and says some important things about how we should uh, value other people, no matter where they were born, um, or can value them. Uh, the idolatry series. Um, Again, it's all available on, on Amazon. I, 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 I try to imbue my work with as much meaning and beauty and, uh, and, and have it be a wonderful, enjoyable read at the same time. And I think all the, re the reviews on Amazon, um, at least 95% of them are, are, are very, very positive. So go on Amazon and look at the reviews. Come by the gallery when you're in Napa or just go online to Cordero.com and um, see the art the art supports my fiction it's all my fiction is is in terms of uh work is really at the the peak of the pyramid that the gallery uh, uh supports not just financially but 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 ideologically i've learned so much working with this art 
and uh, with the wonderful artists who create it that is now going into my fiction. And um, so that's the, 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 the peak of my pyramid, the iceberg, is the, the fiction and the poetry. And, and the poetry, you know, when you're writing fiction, it, it's, there's a lot of, if you're writing it well, the, it, it, is, it, it, it is and can be very poetic. I think Hugo considered him, always considered himself a poet first and a, uh, a novelist second. He was a, he was, he right? was a novelist who, he was, he, he was a poet who was writing novels. And, um, and it right? was a playwright as well. Playwright? Interesting. I mean, I've I read think some he of his loved, poetry. That was his his first form. But well, you can a do lot things of what with poetry he, that you can't do, like you said, in <coughs> prose in general. Even, right. And even but you bring a, a, a good a good prose has a lot of the same. You bring a lot of that same musicality and the same. Uh, 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 meter and you know it, it's it's not as constant it's not as pure in the form yeah. and it's not as limited as you are when when you're doing a poem but 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 someone who's worked in poetry can bring that over to to prose and and use things like even in that poem when I you know it hit with one two three four of the the a a a a rhyming at the end and then and then stepping it back on that fifth one and shortening it, and it just, it, it, you do that in prose. You, you have long sentences, and then you use, use a little short that. sentence. Yeah, not use a, lot a little. Of people do that. Use think. a little short sentence to. Well, he does like this. Sum and a break. Building up a climax in a paragraph. Yeah. And then you know it's like build up, build up, build up. You know, and then it's yeah. like um, I can't think of an example off the top of my head, but uh, you know it's like a person's on a ship and. Um, they're, they're in a storm and he's building this whole thing and then the leather strap broke or something like that. Yeah. Like that's the kind of thing he does. Yeah. And then it's like, whoa, no, something bad's yeah. gonna happen or something, yeah. it's intense. And you know, he does that, he does that really well. I and think one of the most beautiful scenes is that, that he does like that is uh, when Marius and Cosette are meeting for the first time in the, in the garden. And, um, and there's this, the scene plays out and they're, they're telling each other. They're, they're talking about. They're, they're talking about the weather. They're talking about anything and everything. And at the very, very end, they tell each other what their names are because they didn't oh, yeah, even yeah, know yeah. that. And and it's yeah. just this beautiful little. Because that wasn't thing. as important as the two right. souls right. Um, com combining yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But that's the least you know, interesting characters in the book, though. <laughs> Yeah, we do those things in uh, uh, poetry. But this is why we should read your stuff and check it out. There's a more positive bent to it. Um, fire or ice is not representative, <laughs> right. but there's a lot of enjoyable, yeah. pleasant, uplifting. Yeah. I try to be that you the, don't I, often get in contemporary. I try to literature. be the opposite of cable news, basically. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's good. Okay, um, because I like we that. need you know you need fuel and you need. Uh, uh, you got to have optimism to to roll out of bed the next day and to pursue a happy, uh, purposeful, successful life. So, cool. a lot of what I do is is trying to um, uh, promote and support um, the good. So. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. So, thank you, everybody. Thank you. Uh, make sure to check out Cordair Art Cordair.com. Just Cordair.com. C O R D A I R.com. Mm -hmm. Check it out. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thank, Thank you. you.